Are you ready? It's that time! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen of the internet, to episode, oh, like 14 or something of season three of Man Buns and Jesus. Um, I'm pretty sure it's 14, but like if you count all the extra episodes we've done, we're we're so far past that. Uh, Not that that's important. We are getting back to kind of the series, the, the theme of this season, and that is just we're kind of diving through first corinthians um and today we're we're backtracking a little bit because i i'm pretty sure we did something ahead of this but we're going to look at first corinthians 12 and specifically the first 11 verses and what that says is now concerning spiritual gifts brothers i don't want you to be uninformed you know that when you were pagans you were led astray to mute idols however however you were led Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit, and there are varieties of service, but the same Lord, and there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. That's what we got today. And uh, we might also be referencing the first half of 1 Corinthians 14, uh, but that's 25 verses, and we don't even know how much we're going to reference it, but uh, you know what? If you're concerned about it, you can go ahead and pause the podcast, because that's the wonderful thing about modern technology, and uh, you can go read those 25 verses, and then come back and press play. You're telling me this isn't radio, Josh? This is not radio. Oh, it might as well be. It's not like we, we edit and cut and do anything afterward. <laughs> we probably need better microphones if this was live. That's fair. Um, anyway, the reason that we're, we're talking about this text um, is that it's here in 1 Corinthians and we figured we might as well address it. Uh, but also, the work of the Holy Spirit in the Lutheran tradition, Josh and I's church body tradition um is poor (laughs) like well i feel like i it's good on paper its application is poor that's fair that's fair there's a fair amount written about the holy spirit in the lutheran context but um we talk about it so little in our churches. We we reference the the power of the spirit so little in our services. Um, 
that he kind of gets lost in the Trinity. Um, and a couple weeks ago, for those of you who are members of Good Shepherd, you'll remember for Pentecost, I basically preached a sermon that said, like, don't underestimate the Holy Spirit. He can do what he wants to do. Um, you got to be willing and ready to test the things that people claim to be of the Holy Spirit. But, like, he can do some pretty miraculous things if he wants to. And as Paul is speaking to the people of Corinth, he's kind of giving them some of that same speech like the spirit of god is going to empower you as a community to do some pretty incredible things but don't expect that all of you are going to do the to do the exact same things and don't expect that all of your gifts are going to be um pouring out in the same way like and probably most importantly They'll better be for the common good. Um, and I think that's where our background, our history impacts us the most, um, especially in the United States as Lutherans. We see like Pentecostal or charismatic or evangelical traditions that really lean into the work of the Holy Spirit and go, don't know about what they're doing um because in a lot of those cases they're the, the manifestations of the holy spirit that they they see or that they claim to see um don't necessarily seem to serve the common good and so lutheran's red flag goes up and then we just run as far away from that as possible in order to not have to deal with it ever. Um, to the point where I'm pretty sure I heard this as an actual story, not as a joke, which makes this even sadder. Um, woman walked into a, a Lutheran congregation in, uh, I believe in New York, in upstate New York, came from a little bit more charismatic tradition, but had become Lutheran. And, uh, at her home church, like that was kind of normal. Um, but in this particular congregation in New York, they were uh, dyed in the wool German Lutherans. And there was a hymn that she uh, liked the, the groove of, which I can't imagine what that would be. There's not a lot of those in our hymnal. Um, and she started clapping and an usher came up to her and said, uh, ma'am, can you stop doing that? And she said, I just, I feel the Holy Spirit moving. And the usher responded, ma'am, I don't know where you got that because he's certainly not moving here. Oh, well, that was poor choice of words uh, on the usher. Although I don't, I don't, clapping isn't on this list of the different gifts. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, feel, like, because I feel like the usher, like that, the usher obviously misspoke and maybe calmed down with, uh, with that. But at the same time, uh, just because you're feeling the groove of the music, that is not the Holy Spirit moving. That is, you like the music. That's fair. Um, That's fair. 
Well, and I want to, I want to hop on something you said is like this realization um, that the Holy Spirit gifts different people differently, and in different. Um, I I I'm in a class right now where we're looking at different leadership, like different leadership strategies, different uh, like theoretical approaches to leadership. Um, and one of them is the, it's called the trait approach to leadership. And that is um, this idea that leaders possess certain traits. And if you wanna help someone develop as a leader, you, you build up those traits. Um, and, and one of the, and you might say, well, what, what traits do you mean? Well, that's one of the problems with the theory is no one can decide on, on like there's no one list of traits. Um, integrity is on most of the lists. Wisdom and problem solving, those are on most of the lists. Uh, some of the older lists have things like masculinity and dominance. Um, newer lists don't have that as much. Um, but our task as, as a class, we, we have a discussion board and we have to, because we read about several of these theories every single week. And um, and our task is to identify one theory that is pretty consistent with a biblical perspective on leadership and one theory that is inconsistent or maybe requires some significant tweaks. So I had a classmate who took the, the trait theory and said, this is inconsistent because God doesn't gift people differently. Like everyone is gifted the same for leadership. And I had to reply, and this is one of the passages I referenced, it's like, no, the Holy Spirit gifts different people differently. And as much as you might not love to hear it, there are some people that are more gifted than others. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, and not you, Ben, I know you don't care about hearing it, but there are those who are uncomfortable with saying, but I mean, that's the reality. And there's also the reality, and I think this came up way back when, when we did the youth ministry episode with my dad. Loving Jesus is not enough <laughs> to serve in certain positions within the church, right? Like, if you're going to be a very fundamentally, if you're going to be a reader in the church, you should probably know how to read, right? That is a skill that would be required to serve in that capacity. Um, if you are going to serve in a youth setting, you should be able to connect with youth. And in a, in a way that is comfortable for, for them, in a way that is, uh, is going to support their discipleship, not inhibit it. Um, if you're going to work in finances, you better have passed high school math. Right. So there's, there's this list of the, the gifts. And it's important to think about uh, stuff like this, whether they're spiritual gifts or whether they're just gifts, whether they're just talents. When we're talking about how are we going to serve the church for the greater good? Um, those are some things that I was, as you were kind of jumping into it, mm -hmm. those are, those are some things that kind of, uh, rang out in my memory. Yeah. And I think that's where like culturally, maybe we struggle more because the way that the Holy Spirit often comes up in, in the American context, at least it's. In churches that really lean into things like the speaking of tongues, um, 
there are denominations and there are churches that require that in order to like see you as christian um which if we're reading first corinthians 12 doesn't seem like everybody is going to have that ability um so that's kind of a no-go one we one reason we run um Another reason reason we run, and I'm, I know we've talked about this in another episode, um, it's easy for us to justify our own intentions or ambitions by just saying, hey, the Spirit led me to X. Um, the other day, I think it was maybe yesterday, so yesterday, as we're recording this, that Mike Pence uh, announced his presidential campaign? Uh, maybe. I can't remember if it was yesterday or Tuesday. I have not been keeping track. Very recently. And one of the things that somebody said was, like, he was asked why he decided he was going to run. Um. And his answer was, I prayed about it, and the Spirit led me to do it. Um, and in some cases, that might actually be true. I mean, and as far as politicians go, it's more believable coming from him than from a lot of other politicians. That's fair. I'm not sure I buy it wholesale. I mean, but I, again, I'm sure he prayed about it. Yeah, but again, like we hear that in our context and go i've been burned by enough people who said that the spirit led them to do something that um it was I really just a hard time believing this even though like there's some chance mike pence for all intents and purposes seems to have a pretty consistent um ethic and and morality driven by his understanding of the christian faith do i agree with everything he says no but that seems to be consistent in his life. And so I I have a pretty genuine belief that like he probably did pray about it. And whether he heard the spirit telling him to run or not, I would lean towards that he probably heard something telling him to run. Um and it very well could have been the Holy Spirit. But I I don't know. That's one of those I want to throw out a, a, an asterisk on this. This is not sure. Mayor Clemson Jesus endorsing Mike Pence as a candidate. Oh, yeah. Uh, Clarify that strongly. Yeah. Um, as if me saying I don't agree with everything that he's ever said. Yeah. Like, I'm not necessarily a post guy. I haven't done my research on any of the candidates yet. Um, <laughs> but if we're like in this conversation, the Holy Spirit could very well be what led him to run. Yeah. Uh, but that we don't know him. necessarily mean he is God's chosen candidate, right? He could be in the campaign to bring out an issue or to bring out a certain um, other element of, of the campaign that wouldn't have come out if he wasn't part of the discussion. Right? Absolutely. So like there are Absolutely. a lot of there are a lot of reasons the Holy Spirit could lead him in that direction that are separate from is he going to be elected president? Um, yeah. And another another piece to this whole puzzle is like as paul's listing off the different giftings there's a lot of them around not only 
these like incredibly powerful manifestations of the spirit, like healing and speaking in tongues and prophecy, but then also like the stuff that you need to practically apply some of that stuff. So the interpretation piece, the, the, wisdom. the wisdom piece, the knowledge piece, um, uh, the faith piece, right? All of these things are necessary to, to bring the puzzle together and Josh and I don't have the kind of access to Mike Pence to like sit there and and talk to him and test him on his understanding of how the so spirit. I'm gonna Facebook his message his campaign and see if he would if he would do like ten minutes with us. I don't think they'll even respond to me, but I'm gonna try. <laughs> I like that. Do it. Um, anyway, but. This is like the kind of thing to me that is is so important about this particular text is that you can't have one without the rest. You can't have prophecy without somebody who also has the spirit of knowledge that understands scripture well enough, that has a, a good enough background in scripture to test that prophecy. Excuse you. To test that prophecy and make sure it aligns with God's character and will, because he's promised that when he's moving, when he's making asks of his people, that they will align with his character and will. Um, and so you need you need both of those pieces, um, just like you need if someone's going to be speaking in tongues, you need someone who can interpret those tongues. And I think the key to kind of determining well, where where are we falling on this, um, kind of determining is is this a manifestation of the spirit? Is this the work of the spirit, or is this not? Is I mean, it get, Paul gives the the qualification in verse three. He says, "No one speaking in the spirit ever says Jesus is accursed." And it's like, okay, well, that's that seems pretty, uh, you know. Like that's a pretty low bar, but on the flip side, it says no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. And you say, well, that again, like that seems like a pretty simple qualification, but you have to think about what does it mean to say Jesus is Lord? It's not an idle statement. It is confessing that he, that he is who he says he is, that he is God, that his word should be taken seriously, that his instructions uh, to his disciples, to his people should be taken seriously. Like, Jesus is Lord is a loaded statement. And with that, so you run all of these different gifts, the wisdom, the knowledge, the, the faith, the healing, the working of miracles, prophecy, tongues, all, all of these different gifts that Paul lists off. You run them through that lens of, is this consistent with Jesus as Lord? Just to, to kind of like, back up your statement that it's not easy to say Jesus is Lord. Um, my head usually jumps with that phrase to, to Thomas in the wake of Jesus' resurrection, um, where Jesus has shown up to the majority of the disciples at this point. Thomas just happens to not be there with them when Jesus first appears. So we get the whole doubting Thomas thing. Uh, and a week later, Jesus shows up again, shows his hands to Thomas, uh, with the holes through them his feet with the holes through them 
his side with the the still gaping wound and says here thomas put your fingers in the holes put your hand in my side and at that point thomas finally says my god and my lord like it is when thomas fully comprehends christ's death and resurrection and his divinity through them that he finally is able to confess that jesus is lord um, and I think that's important to kind of keep in mind as we're talking about the the level of of faith that is required to really access this like spiritual movement that that Paul's talking about. This is threatening to send me down a rabbit hole that I'm actively avoiding, but uh... <laughs> anyway. Um... I, I do have a unless we need to sit sit with this part of the podcast any longer, I want to shift our attention a little bit to verse nine. It says that uh, to another bracket is given unbracket gifts of healing by the one spirit, and part of me like. I think reading this in in this list, like the the healing that comes to mind is like that person was on their deathbed. You came in, you put your head on their forehead, and suddenly they're all better. However, part of me wonders, you know, there there's an episode of Family Guy uh, where Stewie, who is the baby in the show, makes a friend, uh, and the friend who is also a baby has leukemia has cancer but it's uh, but um and the griffins don't know this the kid is just over for a play date and like passes out bleeding from his nose so as you do if if a child passes out in your home they take the kid to the hospital and the doctor is like he has cancer we can treat it though um, and then the parents of the other kids show up after this and Lois, who's the mother says, you know, we're so sorry he has cancer, uh, but the doctor says they can treat it. And the family says, oh, no, we really wish you hadn't taken him to the hospital. We, we're just going to pray over him at home. And, and, you know, the episode goes in the directions that Family Guy episodes goes, Lois and Peter actually end up kidnapping the child to take him to the doctor and there's this big standoff and the police are there and everybody's there and and lois actually makes what i think is a profound statement uh she's talking to this family and she says could it be that the medicine and the doctors and the hospital and the surgeries are all answered prayers and like i heard that and this is a family guy episode right i do not go to this place for deep thinking but i heard that and i'm like well could it be i mean if you think back uh polio and diseases like that that ruined so many lives there were i guarantee there were people praying lord bring an end to this disease was is the polio vaccine an, an answered prayer is penicillin an answered prayer um and i think there's some potential there so when i hear the, this gift of healing are doctors gifted by the spirit to do what they do and i would say i think i think that's 
Yeah, I think so. I'm not sure I think so. I'm like, I'm 80% there. What do you think, Ben? I mean, I think it's kind of a both and, right? Um, I think it's it's certainly an answer to our prayer that when we pray for someone to be healed, that, you know, doctor finds the right medication. God put the right person in their life at the right point with the right knowledge to make sure that they got the treatment that they needed to get better. Um, Which sounds wants, like the work of the spirit to me, brothers and sisters. Yeah, he wants us to, he wants us to understand his creation. So certainly there is, um, there is an answered prayer in that God shows whatever researcher found the drug or surgery or treatment process, whatever it is that led to the healing. Um, that was a work of God there. But as we see in the book of Acts or in, in Jesus ministry, or uh, there are still cases to this day of miraculous healings where somebody is fatally ill and, and then suddenly, suddenly they're, they're not. Yeah, th there's an entire branch of of researchers in the Vatican whose sole responsibility is to look into cases of miraculous healing. That's pretty cool. Do they publish papers? Because I would I actually they, be fascinated to check those out. I think they do. I think it's all um, publicly available because they don't want to like hide behind right. like, that would not be a cool thing to keep from yeah yeah like and and then also they don't want the the accusations of um well you're just hiding all of the evidence to the contrary so i think like even when there are cases that aren't necessarily deemed to be miraculous healings they, they still, still like put the put their findings yeah that, that yeah. makes sense yeah i'll i'll find that information and maybe we can link it in the in the, in the description. Um, I'm sure it's just a Google search away. Yeah. But a question that I think this brings up is, is there or should there be a distinction between gifts of the spirit and regular gifts? And part of the thing that comes to mind for me, and I've never done one. I don't, I might've done one in a class as like a point. Are you talking about spiritual gift spiritual inventory? Spiritual gift inventories, like these huge things that churches used to do so they could like have a list of, oh, this person's gifted at this, 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 and this. And like some of them were like, your spiritual gift is plumbing. You, you're a, you're a plumber. So I'm like, um, um, I, I mean, it's a gift. It's a talent. I, I don't know. I don't know that I would call it a spiritual gift that feels like, like, is there a distinction? Should there be a distinction? So I think it's worth noting that there are multiple lists of spiritual gifts within scripture. This is probably, this is one of the two more comprehensive ones. And I can't remember where the other one's at um, off the top of my head, but like, there's not a lot outside of this list that's 
elsewhere in scripture, but there are some other things. Yeah, teaching, I think, is included in one of the lists. Um, yeah, teaching and preaching, I believe, are included. Um, dis discipline might be in, in one of them. I could you can remember the other list, but um, I think. In my mind, it's kind of pointless to do those inventories because the Spirit gifts people in different ways at different times when he needs them to accomplish different things. And so if you do one of those inventories, A, you're searching that for your own gain so you can walk around and say, hey, I'm spiritually gifted in this way. That doesn't sound like it's necessarily for the common good. It sounds like it's for your good. Um, and when whatever circumstance arises that your spiritual gift is actually relevant, um, who's to say that your pride isn't getting in the way of the spirit actually using you to do the thing that you thought you were gifted to do? Um, well, so, and I'm reminded in, in Jesus' ministry, when he's sending out some of his disciples, he says, like, don't worry about what you're going to say. The Holy Spirit's going to give you the words you need when you need them. That's yeah. like, you might not, on, on whatever test you take, you might not have a certain spiritual gift, but when you need it, this, this, I mean, this is like what the Holy Spirit does is he provides. And it, you know what? You might not have any talent with kind of wisely or intelligently sharing your faith. Right. You you might trip over your tongue. You might get confused with stuff all it's like it. I mean, that might be you. But, you know, you might end up in a conversation with your friend who's going through a really hard time and suddenly. You're speaking eloquently, you're speaking the exact right words that your friend needs to hear. And it's like, yeah, the spirit's working there. And you never would have evangelist or counselor never would have flagged on a spiritual gift inventory that you might have taken. But the spirit's gonna work that in that time for you. Yeah. And like there are people that I have met in my life who are uh dumber than a box of rocks, and yet you get them talking about the word of God, and suddenly they're they're like brilliant. Um because they're they're gifted in that way in that moment at that time um and so i think to some extent some of these might be a little bit stickier than others um but i i think you're right in that the holy spirit is going to gift us when we need the thing that we need um if it is a thing that serves the the common good well, and I think that's that's helpful, like keeping that in mind. It's just we pursue the common good. We we live and we try to grow as disciples and we try to grow together as disciples. And we just we do we do the things that are in front of us. And in hindsight, you can look back and you say, oh, that would probably classify as a spiritual gift. It's like you you don't need to label it to use it, if that makes sense. So don't, don't, and I, my other note here was, how do you know your gifts? Just, just do what you can. Like, don't worry so much yeah. about listing it all out. 
to to circle back to actually like answering your question though, because I never really directly answered your question. Or is I there was thinking that, but I wasn't going to say anything, you know, because I'm a polite co-host. Thanks. Um, I did. I did mean to. I think our our very giftedness, our ability to to do certain things, um, the the like soft and hard skills that that we pick up along the way. Um, I think they can be outpourings of our spiritual giftedness, especially in spirits of wisdom and knowledge, um, or in in spirit of teaching, um, which, um, again, not in this list, but appears in in another place in in the New Testament. Um, like those kinds of things, I think, can be an outflowing of our spiritual giftedness but not necessarily always, if that makes sense. Like the fact that my brain holds on to random dates and numbers and facts uh, like a sponge is sometimes God gifting me with the ability to remember things that are important for the future. And sometimes it's just God giving me the ability to hold on to relatively useless facts. Yeah, exactly. Like there, there is no reason, no reason that I need to know that the enzymes found in a pineapple are perfect for tenderizing a steak. But I, I know feel that like there's actually a lot of good reasons to know. There's that. A, you're right. There are a lot of good reasons for that. But very, 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 very few of them are kingdom advancing reasons, <laughs> right? That that is a a giftedness that God has given me, but it's not necessarily. Uh, a like spiritual gift in the sense that we're talking about here in first Corinthians. Yeah. And that's just part of who God has made me to be as, as Ben, the fuzzy hobo on your screen or in your ear. <laughs> the fuzzy hobo in your ear. Yikes. Uh, <laughs> I don't like that. Um, so we're going to putting some of these pieces together though, you know, cause we said, and I think we were in agreement on this. Like, it's not that important to put a label on your spiritual gifts. So while I think, like, if we're theoretic, like, we're talking about it kind of abstractly, like we are right now, is there a difference between spiritual gifts and just talents that God has given you? Sure. Do we need to drill down and figure out how we're going to classify them? I don't know how practically useful that is. And I think the line there is so blurry that like and so contextual, right? Because yeah, like your steak you information, if you're just making steak for yourself, it's like, eh, that's probably not a spiritual gift. If you're making steak for uh, a men's outing and a bunch or of just even as an act, people get act invited, of hospitality. Huh? Even just as an act of hospitality. Like you invited that that new family in the neighborhood over for dinner and you're making food and like they're they're blown away by your cooking skills but you're like able to show humility and and somehow like your your witness of humility comes out to witness to christ like yeah weird God things can, can happen. use those gifts yeah and, they, and then i think in those instances you, you could say maybe they become spiritual gifts uh they uh it's like when pac-man eats the glowing white ball and he can eat ghosts for a little while it's like 
normally he's just regular Pac-Man, but occasionally he is Ghost Hunter Pac-Man. Most of the time, Ben is just Pineapple State guy, but occasionally Ben is Holy Spirit empowered Pineapple State guy. <laughs> That's yeah. going in the description. Um, <laughs> yeah, so like, I think all of this kind of put together is like, we can say, yes, there is a there is a skepticism that exists around the work of the Holy Spirit. A lot of that is earned um, because churches and people have abused the power of the Holy Spirit uh, for a long time to say that. Ab abused uh, in that. Like, abused people's understanding of the ability of the Holy Spirit to do things. Right. Um, to advance their own agendas instead of the, the common good. Um, but that doesn't mean the Holy Spirit isn't acting. And some sometimes the way that he's acting is through things that you are already, like talents and, and abilities you already possess. Um, but he gifts you uniquely in certain circumstances and times. Um, and especially kind of circling back to the context of our, our passage today, um, this leads into the conversation that we had with uh, Pastor Marriott or Dr. Marriott. Uh, was it two weeks ago on the podcast? Yeah, was that, that last about right. Whatever that was, because um, we lose track of these things. Um, this conversation leads into the conversation around orderly worship, being together and doing things for the building up of the kingdom. Um, if these holy or if these works of the Holy Spirit, these gifts of the Holy Spirit aren't being used for the building up of the kingdom, you're not actually seeing a gift of the Holy Spirit at work. You're just seeing somebody claim to use a gift of the Holy Spirit for the sake of their own whatever. Um, even if whatever they're doing is impressive and certainly talented. Um, there are ways, and this is another one of those gifts that's listed, right? You have to be able to discern between the spirit that's driving something. Yeah. I think, uh, are we at the point for takeaways? Well, Ben's not. Ben has to blow his nose, but. Currently, I'm allergic to the air because Canada is on fire, so. That's another sentence I wasn't expecting today. Okay. That's probably going in the episode description, too. Yeah, uh, Canada's on fire. For some context, we're recording this as the uh, the massive wildfires are raging in Canada. And that we're getting those like apocalyptic pictures out of New York of the air that's just completely hazed over. And the sky is orange and like it's kind of terrifying yeah but, but that's what you get for living so close to canada i mean you're right but we do get good maple syrup out of it they have these magical things called refrigerated trucks <laughs> uh you want to go first takeaways ben or you want me to make something up quick sure 
I think for me, the take the big takeaway is, you know, find the balance uh, between skepticism and openness. Um, it's good to have healthy skepticism when somebody claims that the spirit is working in their life in a miraculous and powerful way, because people have abused that in the past. But at the same time, Pentecost happened. Uh, the Holy Spirit was making men speak in languages they had never spoken before. And people were able to hear that, um, experience the love of Christ through those words and be transformed and brought into the faith. Um, and that kind of thing still happens from time to time. My mush mouth of a brain uh, occasionally says something profound that that encourages someone in their faith that helps lead someone in their faith. And I can't claim responsibility for that a lot of the time. So I know that the spirit works through me on occasion. Um, and I can't chalk it up to anything else. So you have to be open to the fact that these things still, still do happen, perhaps just not quite in such a visible and obvious way as uh, that first Pentecost with the whole flaming tongues of fire. Yeah. Thing. That actually that. reminds me of uh, on Vicar, in a lot of churches, like as you walk out, the pastor stands by the door and shakes people's hands as they leave. And a pretty standard chorus of like when people walk out, they say, oh, good sermon, pastor. Oh, good sermon, pastor. Which uh, made me a little uncomfortable because I, I don't take compliments super well. And the, the response that I started using was something along the lines of, glad the Holy Spirit's working. Um, I don't get told good sermon a whole lot here. I, I don't know if that's because I don't shake hands in the same way or if it's because I don't preach good sermons. But, you know. <laughs> it's probably because you live in California and they just have higher expectations. Maybe. Anyway, my, my takeaway uh, from this is just pursue pursue what god's put in front of you and don't worry so much about labeling what you're doing or how you're doing it pursue what god has in front of you and and glorify god in doing it um is my takeaway so and someday you might just be able to look back and go i did some things there that i didn't know i was capable of doing and the holy spirit was probably working through me that's pretty neat <laughs> Uh, if you have a friend uh, who is curious kind of about how spiritual gifts work and or maybe is even stressed about their spiritual giftedness, maybe send them this podcast. It, it, it could help them chill out a little bit. Uh, and regardless, share this podcast with your friend. Like that would be if, if I ever I, I don't log on to Facebook very often, but if I would ever jump on Facebook and see that like a bunch of people had shared one of our episodes, I'd be like. That's pretty cool. So you can go ahead and do that. Uh, regardless of whether you share it with other people or not, we do ask that you follow this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. We are on all the major ones, uh, Spotify, Pandora, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that subscription just kind of lets us know people are listening. People want us to keep doing this and we will. So, and we do have a Facebook page. If you have comments questions concerns topic suggestions guest suggestions uh we're open to them if you know us personally you can just shoot us a text that is that is acceptable or an email 
huh or an email or an email both are good uh if you don't that's what the facebook page is for so you there is a way to reach out to us even if you're not connected with us personally if you're looking for a church this weekend in lake orion michigan or surrounding area check out good shepherd i hear the pastor's pretty good and if you're looking for a church in the east Valley, i heard he's a fuzzy hobo only sometimes uh if you're looking for a church in the Eastvale, Norco, Corona kind of area, I mean, heck, we have people coming from Ontario and Fontana too. Uh, check out Edgewater Eastvale. We'd be happy to worship with you to to receive God's gifts together. Um, we'd be happy to see you on Sunday, regardless wherever you are. Go to church on Sunday, brothers and sisters. Go in peace, serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.